Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. I've run into people, you know, as a teenager back there, I ran into people that, that said you're not saved because you don't belong to our church. I ran into them that argued and fussed and said you're not saved because you haven't been baptized our way. And everything in the world. And you know that didn't disturb me. I laughed at them. Because I had the witness. I had the witness. His spirit bears witness with our spirits. Hallelujah. I had the witness. See, first you've got the witness. Then secondly, the Bible said, we know, John said it, you know, over in his epistle, we know we pass some death into life because we love. I had the witness and I had the love. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue the classic series, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's classic message. The Holy Spirit's residing, abiding in your spirit. And so he does not communicate directly with your mind because he's not in your mind, he's in your spirit. He communicates with you through your spirit. And of course, your spirit does reach and influence your mentality. Those things come from the inside of us. Now, I'll stop off long enough before I go further here to give you a little illustration along this line. I was born again uh, on the bed of sickness, April the 22nd, 1933. Well, I knew nothing about being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in another tongue, but I was born of the Spirit. And I had the witness of the Spirit right on the inside of me that I was a child of God. Now, I don't know, I, I, maybe I'm different than other people, but I was just 15 years old when I was born again, four months before my 16th birthday, and I never had problems that others have, even teenagers. Then I was healed when I was just six days before my 17th birthday as a teenager, just standing alone, just standing alone. And actually, the church I went to, I, I don't mean to be anybody's judge, but the Bible said, by their fruits, you shall know them. And the church that I went to, and even taught a young people's Sunday school class, if there's anybody in that Sunday school class that was saved besides me, I don't know it. <laughs> because they'd cuss, they'd drink, they would uh, go to dances, worldly dances, and would... Uh, would uh, Young people, single people, all mixed up with one another in sex activity. They said, why don't you do these things first? My conscience wouldn't permit me. I said, I'm a new creature. Church people asked me, well, what's a new creature? <laughs> well, that proved they weren't one. You won't have to ask that. I had no difficulty really just standing alone. Just as a teenager. Just a 17-year-old boy. I had nobody really to fellowship with that lived right. I mean, anybody that I fellowship with, the young men would tell vulgar jokes and curse and do a lot of things. And if it got very bad, I'd just say to them, I don't believe in any such carrying on and walk away from them. I remember one young man said to me on the street one night, said, Kenneth, I'm in trouble. Would you help me? 
Well, you know, the devil, he'll, ungodly people, he, I knew he's about the most ungodly one of the bunch. So you have to be a little leery of them because they just soon lie. You know, they got the nature of the devil. And they can't help but be that way. I'm not criticizing. They can't help but be that way. Because they're children of the devil, so they're going to act like the devil. But children of God ought to act like God. And so he said to me, he said, uh, uh, you, you know, I know you're a Christian now. So he sort of put the B on me in a way, you know, if you're a Christian, you ought to help people, you know, and so on. He said, I'm in trouble. Well, I said, all right, Grady, I'll help you if I can. He said, well, now you know my girlfriend. Oh, my, I knew her. I, I knew of her more than I knew her, I guess. Because she had about the worst name in town. <laughs> I mean, anything you want to mention, well, she's in on it. Just anything. And, uh, and so I said, yeah, yeah. And I guess it's sort of glad when I said I'm acquainted with. Well, now, he said her cousin is visiting her from down in East Texas. And he hastened to tell me, now her cousin's not like she is. She's a good girl. And I promised her that I would get a date for her cousin. I haven't been able to find anybody. And I'm already running 45 minutes late. And you know my girl. If I show up without a date for her cousin, she's liable to knock me in the head with something. <laughs> and she just helped have done it. He said, would you go along? Now this is a good girl. She goes to church and all, you know. Would you, would you go along as a date for this cousin and just help me out of this? In fact, we won't stay long, maybe 30 minutes or so. I promise you one thing, he said, we won't dance, we won't drink. I'll tell you what, he said, I won't even smoke a cigarette. Because he knew I didn't smoke. I was Baptist, but I didn't smoke. <laughs> My conscience wouldn't let me. And so he sa I said, well, all right, Grady, if it'll help you, I haven't got anything to do. I'll go along with you. Well, we hadn't hardly got inside the house, you know, and he introduced me to this cousin of this, his girlfriend. Not the girlfriend, but, I mean, not the cousin, but the girlfriend, he and his girlfriend. First thing he did, what he said he wouldn't do, because you see, children of the devil are just like the devil. They're liars. Oh, you listen to me, they're liars. Jesus said that the devil's a liar. He's the father of lies. The Bible said he's the father of lies. So the first thing they did, he and his girlfriend, was lit up a cigarette. He said they wouldn't. Second thing they did, they went to the refrigerator and got a bottle of beer. He said they wouldn't drink. Third thing they did, they put on a record and started dancing. He said they wouldn't dance. Well, this cousin didn't, didn't drink and didn't smoke. But I guess she did dance because she asked me to and I said, I don't dance. She said, you don't? I said, no, ma'am. Well, she said, why? I said, because I'm a new creature. She said, you're a new what? I said, I'm a new creature. I took my text from 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and, and we didn't have long play records then, you understand. See, we're talking about 1934, 1935. You see, they had what we called a victrola. You know, they wound it up. Put that record on. It plays through pretty quick, you know. But while that record was playing through, you know, as fast as it would go, I'd preached her under conviction, and she is just a crying and said, I want to be a new creature too. Can I be a new creature? <laughs> Praise God. So we just turned that into a prayer meeting. <laughs> Amen. 
Now instead of letting the devil and the world pull you back, you pull them up. Are oh, you listening to me? But, but that's one thing I've never been, uh, the question, the thought never occurred to me I might not be saved. The thought never occurred to me that you might not be a Christian. That thought's never occurred to me. I run into people, you know, as a teenager back there, I ran into people that, that said you're not saved because you don't belong to our church. I ran into them that argued and fussed and said you're not saved because you haven't been baptized our way. And everything in the world. And you know that didn't disturb me. I laughed at them. Because I had the witness. I had the witness. His spirit bears witness with our spirits. Hallelujah. I had the witness. See, first you've got the witness. Then secondly, the Bible said, we know, John said it, you know, over in his epistle, we know we pass from death into life because we love. I had the witness and I had the love. That's the reason I've never died. And I walked in love to the best of my ability and enjoyed the witness. Praise the Lord. Now, I had the Holy Spirit, you see, in that measure. I don't mean now that I was filled with the Spirit, but that was the Spirit that was in my spirit, witnessing to my spirit that I am a child of God. Well, through that inward witness, I would, even when I was on the bed of sickness, I would know things by an inward witness. Now, after being baptized, the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues, then very often what we call the word of knowledge would operate and you'd, you'd know it in a little different way other than an inward witness. You'd know it by revelation. There's a difference between the two of them. Now, for instance, I'd been bedfast for about four months. It's the month of August of 1933. And my mother came one day to my bed and said, Son, I hate to bother you. Now, see, she was a Christian too, but not a spirit-filled Christian. Knew nothing about the spirit-filled life. She said, I hate to bother you and, and, and trouble you or burden you and, and you're already sick and bed fast. But she said, something's wrong with Dub. That's my oldest brother. He wasn't but about uh, 17 years of age. Between 17 and 18 would be 18 his next birthday. And he was gone. We didn't know just where he was. But she said, something's wrong with him. Now she, she sensed that. She had a witness of that in her spirit. I don't know what it is. Something's wrong with... Now, she thought, maybe he's got in trouble, you know. Mothers will think that. And, and he's in jail or something, you see. And I said, well... And she said, I've been praying for him for three days. But, you know, said, I need some help here. Help me. I said, Mama, I thought you already had enough problems. Me bed fast. I've been knowing that myself for several days. I knew it by an inward witness. An, an inward intuition. I said, he's not in jail. He's not in that kind of trouble. It's his physical life that's in danger. Now, how do I know that? By an inward witness. Not revelation now like the word of knowledge brings, but an inward witness. And I said, I've already prayed, and, and he, he'll make it. He's all right. His life will be spared. Don't bother about it. I've already got the answer. Well, I didn't know how to get the answer on healing right then. It was a year later before I was healed, but I knew some things. Praise God. You see, and God will meet you as far as your faith goes. Well, now then, about another three days, he came in, in the nighttime. And uh, the reason he came in in the nighttime, he had, uh, you know, 17-year-old boy, we're talking about 1933, no work, you know, men standing around on the streets, the Great Depression days, you know. 
he decided he'd go down, you know, into the Rio Grande Valley to see if he could find some work, and he didn't find any. So a lot of people know he's riding the hobos, they call them, riding the rails in those days. And he was riding the freight train back out of the valley, Rio Grande Valley, back up to Dallas, you see, and the freight train coming right on through McKinney. A lot of trains running in those days. And they still burned coal in those days. And so down around Waxahachie, between, uh, or between Corsicana, Corsicana is 50 miles south of Dallas, between Corsicana and Dallas, see a railroad bull, as they call him, a railroad detective, knocked him in the head, you see, knocked him off of that train that's going 50, 60 miles an hour. And, and he went sailing down the track, and in those days, because they burned coal, they'd just put the cinders on, instead of gravel or something along the track, you see, of the, the cross tie. And he hit those cinders, you see, and just went scooting on his back and it tore his, his, his shirt completely off of him and his back, you see, was just scratched and black, you see, and tore the seat of his britches out. <laughs> well, he lay out there by the thing, you know, but what it hadn't broken his back. Would have, we hadn't known about it, about the inward witness and prayed. And he laid out there in the ditch, you know, and came to after a while. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer, the book, where is God in My Storm by Ken Hagen and the CD series How to Live Worry-Free also by Ken Hagen. Both are just $19.95. Call now and get this offer at this special price. Don't delay. Call today. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. The Rhema College Weekend coming up right at the last of April, April yes. 25 through 27. If you want to know about Rhema Bible College, that's a good time to come time down to here, come go to class. Campus. Or if you just want to know, go right there to rbtc.org slash trendsetters, mm-hmm. and it takes you to the page, and you can find That's out right. everything. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we continue with the teaching by Kenneth E. Hagan, how you can be led by the Spirit of God. Thanks for listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.